Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about detecting anomalous behavior. It's my pleasure to be speaking again with Usman Chowdhury. He's Senior Vice President and Chief Product Officer with Threat Track. Usman, a pleasure to talk with you again. Thanks, Tom. Great speaking with you again as well. So we hear a lot about anomalous behavior, but I want to ask you about some specifics. And I want to start with, how do you produce a baseline for network traffic so that you can start to monitor for anomalous behavior? Well, Tom, great question, and good to start off with this. It's really simple. You know, for one, the solution and what we need to do as far as detecting uh, anomalous and behavior and, and traffic in general, it needs to be a plug-and-play experience. And you need to be able to extract uh, and look at the network traffic without disrupting the network in any way. So essentially, we monitor and capture all network traffic protocols. We do a full session and packet inspection. And uh, we take all of this raw traffic and the metadata related to what's, what's being um, served up on the network itself. We create a service model so in effect, we transform, and what that means, we transform the raw packets into a taxonomy that our users can understand by classifying and categorizing traffic as various applications and cloud services. Now, we use this classified tra- network traffic to create a baseline or, in effect, a profile of every host and device on the network. And this, in effect, uh, allows the, uh, a, the network at large uh, based on how services are being consumed and how services are being provided in a particular environment. We keep track of all of the activity and continue to update this baseline. So this is what I mean, what we mean at the track by uh, network traffic analysis and anomalous behavior in that context. Uzman, it's easy to see the benefits here for the folks monitoring, typically from IT. But how do you go about helping all the stakeholders outside of IT to get the visibility that they need to find the root cause of some of this anomalous behavior? Well, we need to first uh, take a step back. We need to understand, uh, maybe I can give an example. If you look at the security team, uh, the IT and network teams, they serve different functions and different roles within the organization, but they're all looking for visibility to what's happening on the network, uh, maybe from for different reasons. But often it's all interrelated to the same incident or to the same event uh, or the same anomaly taking place on a network from different points of view. So let's take an example that will help us understand. So for a security analyst, part of a security team might be alerted about a potential threat with discovered malware or a part of an attack. That's a, something that's part of a campaign. So they're looking for visibility from that point of view. An IT administrator might actually see some specific incidents related to application or service disruption. So that's what they're looking from, from their point of view, what, what visibility would mean to them. From a network administrator, it might actually be looking for abnormal resource consumption, so high amount of traffic to certain areas causing network you know, from a capacity perspective, certain things might be consuming more, more network traffic. But all of these different points of view they, they converge because it is the same anomaly that can be causing this disruption but just manifesting itself differently uh, depending on uh, the, the, the particular user. Now, it all boils down to providing the relevant context with the right abstractions. Modeling a system at the right level of abstraction is an important precursor to both 
effective anomaly detection and visibility. So at ThreatTrack, we model network as how it actually is being used as a medium that facilitates the interactions between service consumers and service providers. Now, this is as opposed to the traditional solutions that uh, end up providing uh, visibility and looking at uh, the network at a much lower level, like connections or between devices. And in that notion, uh, the traditional sense, the the contextual information is lost or it's not being presented in a way where it's actually facilitating that visibility in, in contextually uh, how it would make sense to the, the, the users, be it a network admin or a security admin. Uh, to sum it all up, what we end up doing and provide the way we provide this visibility in context, the contextual information is extracted automatically uh, by our solutions by pulling out the relevant data from the services by our engines and provide a much higher level of visibility, as I mentioned, at a service layer, at a model, in terms that people can understand, which is essential in a way to help all of the stakeholders, not just any one particular group, to understand the root cause of uh, anomalous behavior. What do you find to be some of the common behavioral indicators of potential attacks, including those for ransomware, which you and I have talked about previously? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think, again, we need to kind of maybe take a step back, and, and ransomware is something that we've seen. We've seen it also not just on individual consumer PCs or computers, but, you know, in the enterprises now with, with, with larger outbreaks, even in the, in the government entities. Uh, if you look at the overall life cycle of how bad guys are coming in and take advantage of one of your exploits to gain access to your assets and then discover your assets, an ultimate goal of being, um, you know, extorting data or looking at high-value targets and, you know, uh, compromising them with ransomware, you know, again, taking a look at how folks get in uh, and to establish that beachhead and how something was compromised and essentially trying to find victim zero, but, you know, finding victim zero not days or weeks after it took place and, and you've got the crypto lock already on, right? Uh, you've got to find this, you know, through the behaviors and through both network anomaly and through potential malware attacks uh, and stop the spread very early in the process, okay? So, you know, the common behaviors, the, the indicators uh, are, are still, it would be something that exploits uh, your vulnerability potentially through malware, but having contextual information and stopping the spread is how we would get, um, you know, how we would get the ransomware from becoming pervasive and, and can contain it very early on in the process. The general behaviors, Tom, would be some sort of malicious attack to take take advantage of an exploit. Again, looking at that life cycle, but once the, uh, you know, in this particular case, be it ransomware, uh, once that particular exploit is taken advantage of and a beach has established then it's going to be normal uh, protocols that um, go from that compromised asset to other parts of your network. And that's why the network traffic analysis and looking at the patterns of traffic beyond just the initial beachhead, which may potentially be a malware uh, or some sort of uh, exploit, is really key and, and, and part and partial of the solution. Usman, it's easy to see the benefit of getting real-time visibility into malware attacks such as you've described, but talk about the benefits of tracking data like this over periods of time. 
Well, you know, tracking data over time provides multiple benefits. So take, for instance, for detection, you know, automatically ad- identifying relevant changes in any environment, um, uh, you know, depends on availability uh, of knowing what the steady state of that environment is. And then also um, as services go- come up and, and, and go down, from a incident response perspective and root cause analysis, you know, we need to be able to look back. Uh, and, and we have to have uh, high fidelity of relevant data into answering the questions. And as, as far as how did this attack take place, what else happened? When was the first time I saw this piece of, be it malware or a specific pattern or a vulnerability that I'm looking at now? But ability to go back um, essentially without, uh, in a seamless way, without a lot of effort over time, switching really from a real-time view into analytics and going back in history for that particular asset and say and, and see when did you first see that attack anywhere in your network or that particular malicious file or that pattern and then being able to do that in a usable and, and, and convenient way is, is hugely beneficial because the fact of the matter is you know it's not necessarily just you know the fact that uh, can can this information be available but how quickly and how easily it could be ascertained uh, and, and how automatically it can be presented to the user uh, is, is what, uh, you know, is what, what's really necessary. And that reduces that time it takes to investigate a particular attack. And uh, specifically, it also allows the, the security analysts in this case uh, for what, what I term hunting. So they need to be able to proactively stop an attack before it causes too much damage, but they need to focus on the right and specifically on a particular, uh, uh, you know, um, attack uh, from the barrage of many different things that they might be seeing at that particular point in time. So having this ability, not only visibility, but going, being able to go back uh, and tracking this over longer periods of time give a lot of contextual information, and they allow the incident responders, security analysts, and the various uh teams that are in play at that time when, when a particular breach or threat is taking place uh, to be able to make those decisions faster and, um, you know, uh, be more effective. Usman, as you and I both know, everybody's talking about cybersecurity these days and stakeholders throughout the business are weighing in on topics such as anomaly behavior and anomalous behavior detection. When you're talking to people outside of non-IT, to the business stakeholders, what do you find is the hardest thing to get across to them? when it comes to identifying anomalous behavior? Well, you know, I think that the, the, take, just taking a look and, and, and understanding threat landscape, and the biggest thing really is to bring to surface, you know, instead of talking in terms of anomaly or talking in terms of um, traffic analysis, really what I find uh, the, the best thing is to identify and help them understand that in the current you know, the current approach of layered security makes a lot of sense. And uh, from a, let's say, business or stakeholder perspective, uh, you know, the, the, this layered approach to security makes a lot of sense, but, you know, it requires individual products and their strong capabilities uh, to be integrated. Now, the, the ultimate goal is to reduce and eliminate security gaps. So the very first thing, really, to get across to non-IT stakeholders is to, to convey to them 
that the approach of layered security and, and what we're putting together ultimately the solution, but there's the fact that these security gaps remain. And the challenge, there's certainly challenges that come in uh, from integrating a number of these solutions together. Now, the overall the challenges can be overcome, you know, by first and foremost, eliminating those gaps or trying to mitigate the risk in those specific gaps. And the the fact of the matter is that uh, the, the solutions need to solve the problems in a way where it's not only detection mechanisms to identify threats, but we also have to automate and correlate the user activity. So effectively bringing together both the attack vector and the user activity vector. And I think in those terms, the nine IT stakeholders can understand that this solution provides security teams with real-time visibility and also optimizes and integrates the findings resulting in a, you know, in layered security without the confusion. So again, putting it back into terms that the non-IT user can understand. Usman, the other thing that business leaders talk about these days is information sharing. So how can information sharing in an industry such as banking help with organizations in finding the context we've been talking about today? And how does your solution help these organizations do that? Well, you know, without focusing on a particular sector, I think this certainly would apply to banking as well. I mean, if you look at, um, I mean, this is a great question. If you look at, um, take a practical example, if if one bank was to be able to find uh, early stage and they were potentially under an attack, then you can, at that point, with some degree of confidence, know that there's a potential for a number of other banks in that sector or, you know, in that industry for the in particular, it can be banking, uh, would be um, affected by that attack over time because it's targeted towards a specific um, you know, type of uh, system or a vulnerability or even systems that, that are internal to banking in particular. Uh, so if that information can be shared in a, a way with that community that is specific to them uh, and, and that, that could be facilitated, uh, that certainly will alert others from, uh, you know, being being compromised, at least in that same way, and can subvert some of those attacks from spreading to multiple banks and multiple potential targets in that sector. Now, we've seen some, we haven't seen this happen specifically as much as we'd like to see, but I think there's a lot of conversation going on right now in what's, again, there's, there's a number of different legislation under play and, and privacy, you know, both between government and industry and between industry, how information can be shared without compromising the privacy of, of their, their customers or consumers. But with that, I think that's, you know, our view is that is part and parcel of how either specific industries or broadly just the enterprise as a whole can share information that could lower their risk or even stop these attacks at very early stages before they spread and, and do a lot of the damage. Now, how ThreatTrack helps for that, we have a notion of ThreatNet, and that's one of the capabilities that we provide as part of all of our solutions. And that allows for a particular enterprise to share information uh, about a particular um, a threat or attack with us. And uh, certainly it allows us to be able to uh, share that information globally, for example, uh, a particular site or an IP or a, 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 something external global that is 
not yet published as a bad site, but maybe potentially serving up some uh, some malware or some uh, you know maybe maybe at, at, at the source or a part of a larger um, uh, campaign. We uh, at ThreadTrack, as part of our solutions, can then uh, actually share that information, uh, or at least write part of that information, be it about a particular attack or a particular um, uh, network uh, of, of, of you know something that's participating in a campaign with the with the broader community and with the rest of our uh, uh, customers. Now, our customers have the opportunity and the option of uh, opting out and and. Uh, certainly certain information they don't have to share, but we have that capability to deliver that uh, through our ThreatNet capability. Well, Luzman, your customers provide the ultimate testimonial. What kind of feedback have you received from them in terms of your solutions for detecting anomalous behavior? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked this question. You know, I think the, the feedback from our customers, first and foremost, I mean, I've heard myself personally and, and, and have had this feedback directly from customers that we didn't think this type of visibility was possible. Uh, and, and, and ThreatTrack uh, gives visibility not only in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of technical jargon or in terms of very low level, but also in business terms that they can understand. So we get this, you know, um, uh, feedback all the time from our customers. It's not just getting visibility and getting all the data all the time, but putting the right information at your fingertips when you need it, but also in terms that you can consume it, right? Uh, as opposed to protocols, as I mentioned earlier, classifying and categorizing traffic into applications and cloud services that are being consumed by users makes a lot of sense to people. And they really love that concept. They, they like that idea because it helps them uh, having to, uh, you know, it allows them to make the decisions faster. You know, we also, um, when we provide data, we provide a, a our own viewpoint. Uh, we certainly let the user make a lot of the decisions about what's right for their organization, but we provide visibility and we provide correlation. We do it in a proactive way. Uh, and then also we provide a viewpoint that allows the customer to see what we're marking as higher risk versus lower risk. And we prioritize this information in a way that's contextual them, to them. Now, in effect, we provided a system that provides a very strong uh, industry-leading uh, detection uh, capability. We tie that with information, as we talked about, the network traffic and anomalous behavior, and we give our customers the situational awareness uh, of what's happening, both from a traffic perspective, from a threat perspective, and we automatically and, and correlate that data and, and bring it in, in, in a medium which they can consume. So our customers almost all the time focus so much on the visibility that we provide and how we've linked and chained a lot of the data from the network traffic and almost behavior to actual threats and allow them to go back in time. That user experience and that convenience and efficiency and effectiveness we've created and how we have presented that data and tied it together so the users can um, effectively, our customers have to do less work in order to get the same decisions uh, is what they clearly, the first thing you recognize. There's a number of other capabilities I think that, that really we get a lot of positive feedback on, but this is the first and foremost, is having visibility of what's going on while they're under attack, presenting that data in a way where it's contextual and it's easy, and uh, you know they have a great user experience 
with our solution when it comes to doing that. Usman, that's great feedback and great insight. Thanks so much for your time and your thoughts today. All right, great. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate uh, you taking the time to ask me these questions. The topic has been Detecting Anomalous Behavior. I've been speaking with Usman Chowdhury, Senior Vice President and Chief Product Officer with Threat Track. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.